Welcome to the NPL Sunday Night Show, powered by the Brisbane Football Review. Hosted by Scott Owen. Well, firstly, what a surprise Adam goes through a game at Morton Bay. And Adam Pace. I was gonna say, I was actually gonna say, yep, that's that's pretty much me in a nutshell. Let's let's go have this one. Your weekly NPL recap starts now. Well, whether we still remember, we did manage to get some football in this weekend, just with a couple of games. We'll get to those. Welcome to the of the NPL Sunday Show here on the Brisbane Football Review. Review is Scott and as usual, Adam. How are you keeping dry up up there? Uh, yeah, so I just wish this rain would go away, but uh, yeah, we're back at it on the show after having an unexpected um, holiday last Sunday night. Absolutely, we've had a couple of those unfortunately weather-enforced delays this year. We missed all of the action last weekend, all but a couple of games this weekend, Adam, and looks like there's going to be a fair few catch-up games to go through in the next few weeks. It is. I think it's going to be a busy time because um, I think I think with the, the uh, forecast weather, I don't think we've seen the last of the rain, and I think that the competitions uh, department at Football Queensland are going to be working plenty of overtime to try and get some of these games in before that backlog gets unmanageable. Absolutely. They've got plenty of work to do. Now, there aren't too many games to go through. We will go through them, however, and we will start off with the one game played, Adam, in the NPL men's competition of round 13. It was a 7-3 win for Peninsula Power up there at I was going to say AJ Kelly Park, but it wasn't. It was at the home of Caboolture up there at the Morton Bay Sports Complex. Caboolture, sorry, Capalabar led 2-0 and then 3-2 at half time before Ante Poliak, second half hat-trick, Adam, got power over the line. This was a game which had plenty of everything in it, didn't it? It did. This was uh, for a game on a wet Saturday afternoon. was actually... Uh... Quite entertaining for a number of reasons. Uh, look, I thought Capalabar for the first 40 minutes uh, were, were looking very, very good. They really took the game to potential power, who seemed a bit off their game. I don't know if it was the conditions or, you know, they just they sort of weren't clicking in that first 40 minutes. And then in a blink of an eye, they were 2 all. A controversial penalty at the end of the half, mate, 3-2. But then second half, there's really only one team that came out, and that was the two-time defending premiers. Not the first one they've gone on a second-half blitz, that's for sure. So, Tim Morgan and Kato did put Capalabar two goals in front before goals from Brody Boyce and Sam Cronin got power back level for a Luke Murphy penalty right before the halftime break. Put Capalabar in front by three goals to power. Did also have a penalty saved right at the start of the game as well. So, there were two penalties and five goals in the first half. And then there was a red card as well in that game for Tommy Masaric, the goalkeeper. And that after that... It, that really did tell them that the extra player did just allow power to run over the top in the end. As much as, to your point, Capalaba were much improved from the last time we saw them. Yeah, the game the game pretty much changed on that um, on that red card for Tommy Masaric. Uh, and the, I think it's just the weak suit of uh, Capalaba as much as they try uh, being, being down a man against a rampant potential power who we know have got you know, attacking weapons all over the place. It was always going to be too much. And I think at the end, yeah, it was, it was probably a, a reflection of, of the situation of the game that with the 7-3 scoreline. Absolutely. One other thing, which is really good to see actually up there on Saturday afternoon, was the return of Sam Cronin up there for Peninsula Power. We know what a great player he is, a goal and a couple of an assists. It was a great return for him, wasn't it? And hopefully he can stay injury-free because we know what, what an impact he has, not just for Power, but on the whole league. 
Yeah, look, at his best, he's he is probably one of the best players in the league, and it, but but his his career. Yeah, uh, has been marred by injury, but when he does play, uh, he really does. Um, he really does make a difference to power, and he did. He did that last night. You now a, a nice, you know, goal, a couple of assists. He's he's going to be valuable to uh, to that power attack. He most certainly will. Now the other five games of round eleven, the NPL Queens, and they will have to be replayed at a later date. Not sure when those games are going to be rescheduled for. Nothing confirmed. As of now, I'm not going to go through the table either this week. I will say Peninsula Power have jumped from fourth place into third ahead of Gold Coast Knights on 18 points. They're now third, but there are games in hand, obviously. So not too much we can read into the table, Adam. But we, we will move on from the MPL men's action on the field. We'll talk about some off-field news, Adam, which did break on Friday afternoon, which I think surprised all of us. And I'll get your initial reactions firstly, because the first thing we heard of this was the Logan, Logan Lightning manager, Rick Cobb, Coglin stepping aside to take an opportunity, another NPL club. And none of us had any idea what, what, what that meant, whether it was in Queensland or interstate. And then late Friday afternoon, Peninsula Power made a bit of a, a bit of a bombshell announcement, didn't they? They did. And uh, look, initially it was a shock. Uh, it's just not sort of something that, that we're used to here in uh, NPL. Like gen- we are talking uh, off air before, is that generally by, by nature, the NPL, other than you know, probably the uh, Grey Piddick sacking a couple of years ago, by nature, a lot of the clubs, especially the top clubs, it's very, very stable as far as their coaching. And if they're going to make moves, it usually is at season's end. But uh, yeah, to hear the announcement, firstly on Friday morning that Rick Coughlin was leaving, who I thought you know, was doing an excellent job. You know, you know, keeping Logan for the resources they have and getting players in. They looked like they were building for something, at least you know, in the mid-table region. And then for him to step aside for another opportunity, obviously it was would have been something that was was you know, probably too good to refuse, especially for a career coach. But then they find out that you know, he's been signed by Peninsula Power. The signing itself, I think, is a great signing for Peninsula Power. My concern is the way it's going the way it's going to pan out because Aaron Philp will be the head coach for Peninsula Power for the rest of the season and. But from what we understand, uh, it'll be pretty much a transition where Rick Coughlin will be on the bench, um, I guess, for lack of a better term, as an assistant to Aaron Phillip, and then we'll take over in 2023. So that, that's where I think a bit of the confusion has come along. Uh, that, uh, that yeah, that basically he's moving, he'll be moving to sort of an assistant role, but also learning on the job ahead of the, the next campaign. Absolutely. It's a terrific hire for Pinto. I know that about that because what you mentioned, what... Rick Coughlin has done at Logan. We'll get to the Logan angle in a minute, but from what he's done there is absolutely spectacular. So you can see the appeal of bringing in a coach like Rick Coughlin to Peninsula Power. But you're right, Aaron Phillips, he will remain as the head coach of Peninsula Power through the end of the 2022 NPL season. And what we know with Peninsula Power, they are they do tend to be there at the business end of the season. So there's a lot to look forward to in the end of this season for Aaron Phillips and Peninsula Power. But they do have Ben Ryan up there, who's the director of football. They have Jordan Manning up there. I'm not sure what's happening there, so there's a lot of lot of coaching experience up there at at AJ Kelly Park, isn't there? There is, and uh, one thing we also note about Pinchot Power that they is a, it's always a stable transition for them. That uh, even going back as far as you know the, the Brisbane uh, Premier League days, you know when when Warren Moon was the coach up there, then it was handed to Aaron Philp. Uh, so obviously it is about it's about transition to get 
Rick Coughlin, uh, I guess, you know, ingrained in the culture, understand the players going forward, understand the club. And then obviously then we'll move on when Aaron Phillips steps down. Like, I think we always sort of knew that, you know, he, that, that he, he is a club legend, Aaron Phillips, and that he, would, he was always a go on his terms and on his time. And after winning two premierships, yeah, I think there'd be no there'd be no argument about that. Absolutely. And this is a bit of a transitional year for Penish about anyways. We've seen a lot of the key players from that MPL back to back premiership winning team, which also won the FQPL Premiership the mm. year before that. And I believe the Brisbane Premier League Premier Premiership the year before that as well. So it's a group which were consistent winners, Adam. There's a bit of a transition this year. So it seems like it might be start the rebuild this year under Aaron Phillips, then bring the new head coach in next year. Is that the way you kind of read into it? Yeah, I think in theory, I think that, that that's probably the idea. Whether whether it happens or whether there's uh, you know, some bumps along the way, that that's going to be the interesting thing to watch uh, with this. It's it's a very unusual thing to see where they bring a accomplished head coach that outside the club uh, in, you know, pretty much you know, a, a half a season before before the. The next, the next campaign, usually it's, you know, two ships in the night passing. But uh, to have Rick Coughlin involved this season with a view of next season with the outgoing coach, you know, to step down, it's very, very unusual to see it, especially at this level. But it, it's, it is fraught with danger, but there's also, you know, you know, there's also a reward to it. There is, and you mentioned potential power. They are they do give coaches a lot of time. I know Terry Kirkham was a long-term coach up there in the, their BPL days. Warren Moon was the coach up there for four or five years before he moved on to Lions. Aaron Phillips has been in charge for seven seasons. So I'm sure they will give Rick Coglin time, and he will probably try and bring in some of his own players as well. It won't just be the same core Peninsula Power that we've seen. It'll be, this is a really start of a new generation of Peninsula Power, isn't it? Something that I think they're looking forward to as well. Yeah, it's been it's been clear now. Obviously, there's generational change at in the playing group at at power, and I think also as well. I think it's probably probably it's probably a good thing as well if they if they're trying to evoke change as far as the uh, the, the players there. Bringing an outsider in, I think, may not be the worst thing to do, rather than sort of you know staying again you know with an internal appointment. So even. Yeah, even uh, sort of you know, Ben Ryan, he uh, he's only been with the club you know a number of years. He you wouldn't consider him you know potential power through and through yet. I, I think he he might disagree with me next time I see him on that. But uh, but as far as you know, when we're talking about someone like Aaron Philp, he's been there from the very beginning. I think that in a comparison to him, you know what Warren Moon, what Terry Kirkham before him, like I said that that you know having outsiders coming in to take over, I think as well. I think it's a sign of the times with potential power. And just in case Ben's listening to this, that was Adam who said that. I never made any <laughs> such comment whatsoever. We'll move on. No, nah, he, he's part of the furniture up there. He most certainly is. And I think he's also hanging around as well next year as well in his director of football role. But we'll move on to the, the Logan Lightning angle on this, Adam. And it's a it's a big loss for them. I think James Coots has been announced that he's going to be the interim head coach for the remainder of this season. Whether he takes up the job full-time or not, we'll have to wait and see. But the job Rick Coglin has done, to your point, at Logan's been absolutely exceptional. The players, he's going to bring him from interstate, build a team which is doing really well this year. It's a huge loss for them. Yeah, uh, that is. Uh, that, that's probably thinking think about sort of. Yeah, yeah you're right from the Logan angle. Yeah, it's a, it's a big loss. Uh, I think as well. I think it'd be almost uh, in a way that he, that his body of work was probably yeah, probably finished as incomplete because obviously getting him up from 
FQPL into MPL was, you know, phase one. But then for Logan to be an established MPL club, they had to sort of put back-to-back seasons together. And even though, just looking at the table at the moment, it's not it's not pretty reading at the moment, but with only two wins out of eight games. But yeah, a couple of those wins, you turn turn a couple of those draws into wins, all of a sudden they're, they're right even, you know, at the foot of the, the top four. So the times we've actually seen them play, We've been we've been fairly impressed with them. So again, it, it's a it's a com- close competition, and those little margins uh, are what's going to make the difference. So, but I think for Logan, that's good. that's going to be um, a big loss. No, I'm, not, I'm not, certainly not suggesting that that you know with James Coots taking over that they're going to fall right off the the wagon. No, I think I think yeah you know, they they will be they will be consistent. But yeah, I think you know going forward, you know, so so you know there's there's little challenges beyond. Yeah, that's going to be that's going to be one that's going to hurt them. It will. I mean, look, it is a big loss, no doubt. I know, understand that. And you mentioned the table; they do sit near the bottom of the table, but they played some really good football this year, and it's a it's a new look to Logan side, isn't it? So you always knew that the expectations were that they were going to get better as the season went along, and I think we have seen that. We saw them quite early in the year when they played against the Roar Academy, and we've seen them more recently as well. And their performances, Adam, have improved on each performance that we've seen, haven't they? They haven't even that, that that gritty win over uh, Gold Coast United at home, where pretty much they did a Gold Coast United to them, uh, which that, that that showed great discipline and a, and a decent performance. So they they've got the performances in them. They've got the squad to be able to sort of really factor in and really be nuisance value to the top teams, but also as well hold their own in the mid pack. So. You know, losing Rick Coggan, that's it's going to be a bit of a setback, but I don't think it's going to be a huge setback as far as oh, all of a sudden they're they're relegation threatened. I, I certainly don't suggest that right now. I think it's going to take a lot more, as in injuries or player departures mid-season. That's what would you know, you know cause the catalyst for that. Absolutely. I and mean, look, one one last thing on the Logan angle. I mean, we know that James Coots is a playing assistant manager as well, so do you think he might need to take? a step back in terms of his playing ambitions Well, he has this job. And that also might mean if he's going to be continue on playing on, that they might need to bring somebody else in either to assist him or to, to be an interim coach. I think definitely if they, they, they need to, at least in this season, they probably need to look at someone, someone to assist assist him if he's if he's going to continue playing like we don't we don't know this is obviously all breaking news uh logan obviously haven't played since this this news so we don't know exactly how it's going to play out we obviously know that you now matt smith uh yeah obviously he has a strong assistant when he when he plays uh obviously matt smith it's a bit it's a it's a very very big comparison you know given his his body of work as a player and whatnot but uh yeah i think we'll have to wait and see how it is uh look uh, scott mcdonald you know he, he seems to be more of a coach but he is registered as a player he has appeared on the team sheet once or twice this year already we'll have to see what happens with the james coote situation down there at logan's with Manchester, we'll keep an eye on that over the coming weeks we will move on however adam to the npl women's action over the weekend where there were two games played in the weekend. Firstly, a one-all draw between South United and Gold Coast United. Charlie Adamson gave Gold Coast a deserved lead midway through the second half, Adam, before a spectacular goal from Dominic Spampanato gave South a share of the points. This was a... It took a while to get going, this game. But once it did get going, it got quite interesting in the second half, didn't it? Well, first of all, thankfully, the uh, camera operator was able to find the mister on the uh, on the camera because the first half was very, very hard to watch with uh, with a lot of you know, mist and whatnot. 
but they obviously found a way. And I thank God because it was a the second half was a really, really high quality uh, game. And uh, obviously both teams uh, really sort of went at it. Uh, Gold Coast United got the took the lead in about seventh minute. But uh, yeah, Dominic Spampanato did it again. Uh, finds finds the uh, long range bomb to to take it take the points. And uh, more importantly, South United's first points of the season. They, they've been they've been very unlucky this season. I think uh, they're they're better than um, a bottom place with only one point this season. And uh, yeah, I think hopefully that should kickstart some results for them. They have been very unfortunate in the fixture run they've had, haven't they? They are certainly better in that, and they've recruited quite well over the season. Bella Habuda, who played in this game last night, playing against a former side. So they've got plenty of talent there, South United. They just need to... Do you think it's... Is it, do you think almost the interrupted start to the season as well because would have hurt a team like South in terms of the stop-start nature in the Women's League, particularly given it's been three weeks since the um, MPL Women have played, given they missed a week off and they had the rained out weekend. So it's been three weeks since we've had any MPL women's action in Queensland. Uh, I think for all teams other than Lions, who we'll get to in a sec, I, I think, yeah, it has been really interrupted uh, badly because because of the way the schedule four plus the, the two washouts. Uh, I, I think I, I read that, that uh, it was 20, 28 days between league games for South. So the only the only game they played was uh, the Kappa Cup game, which went to extra time against Capalabar. And I think Gold Coast United were on a 21-game break. And that was and that was no and that's definitely no games between then, at least no league or cup games. So I think with the women, I think it's gonna be a case of you might want might forgive some of these performances because uh, they're, they're, they're coming off some lo- like basically they've had almost a season a, 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 going back in a preseason almost it's 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 unfortunate I, you can't really blame anyone for for this uh, but uh, yeah I think how how some of these teams bounce back uh, after this break it's it's going to be very interesting because a lot of them will have games coming quick succession. They most certainly will. One team who has not affected, however, is the Lions. You mentioned earlier they had a 4-1 win in the other game played to up at Bribe Island against Sunshine Coast Wanderers. Two goals for Amy Gunson, one for Tegan Riding, one for Chelsea Blissett. Chanel Harris got a goal back for the Wanderers, but this was pretty comfortable from minute one for Lions, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, look, what can you say? What can you say about Lions? It's uh there is now 14 straight wins for for them. Uh, they're 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 unbeaten for for nearly two years. So yeah, look, there's not much more you can say about the side. They they are a class and a half above the rest at the moment. Uh, look, Sunshine Coast fought hard. Uh, it was good good to see uh, Chanel Harris with a good finish late in the game as a consolation. Uh, but but yeah, look, Lions at the moment it's uh, their trophy to to lose basically, and I think they're already it's ominous signs about the uh, gap they're putting in the rest of the field. But I think looks, the rest of yeah. the rest of the competition, but I think it's going to be very very tight. And I think that's that's where the interest is going to be is going to be in in the in the chasing pack because outside lines making everyone look ridiculous um the the next eight teams look any any team can beat any team on, on their day i think i think that's where they're going to be the true interest which is which is a shame in a way cause you don't want to malign lines say oh but they the unfortunate truth is they are just that much better than everyone else at the moment they are a class i've noted about that but the wanderers performance in this game to your point certainly makes it look like they're a team who are in that top four discussion aren't they in terms of being with the rest of that rest of the pack in the NPL women's, they look like they're a team 
as good as most of the competition and maybe better than most of them as well. It was a pretty good performance. We've seen plenty of teams go up against Lions and, and get beaten much more compre- comprehensively than that. So it was a pretty good performance from the Wanderers. It looks like they've got a quite solid side up there. They do. I think uh, yeah, Corey Robbins has done an excellent job uh, mixing, uh, obviously, local Sunshine Coast talent with a couple of you know, key signings. Uh, and, and yeah, look, I think Wanderers, they, they where last season, I think they were just struggling to hang on you know, to, to, to the tail end of the, of the field. Whereas I think this year, they, their top four chances are, are very, very real. Absolutely. Well, I'll go through the table in too much detail again, given it's only been two games but Lions do sit top of the table they have a six point gap on the QAS and then after that it's a pretty even competition between the rest of the co- rest of the team and we'll move on to FQPL1 on the men's side where there was a double header played up at Caboolture on Saturday evening first up there was a 3-1 win for 4-1 win I beg your pardon for the Western Pride away from home against against um, Caboolture that's a great result for them and then also 4-1 win for Magpies over Ipswich Knights Two really good wins on the road for those sides, Adam. Yeah, I'm just checking that score. I think it's three-one. Uh, uh, Western Pride of Caboolture. Hang on, just let me. Uh, you, may, you may be right. I apologise. Yeah. yeah, so it was yeah, three-one. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. and or on the score sheet again. He's he's just scoring scoring goals for fun at the moment uh, for Western Pride. Western Pride, but going very very well. They get this. They get the defence. Uh, working like they did last night and uh, they, they're going to be right in it. They're, they're right on the foot of the table. They've, they've been in decent form. They just need to be more consistent. Uh, yeah, Caboolture, yeah, look, they're, they're an interesting one. I think they, they again, I think I think described as a very frustrating night for them. I think they, they sort of may, may have left at least a point out there uh, at home. I think maybe the conditions sort of didn't play well for them, but uh, look, they're, they're, still, they're still a good team. It's just, yeah, they, they again need to start picking up points uh, and you know, take, in taking advantage of the situation. Absolutely. All three of those four sides, Western Pride and Magpies and Cabal, just sit firmly mid-table on 12 points. And of the three of them, which which of those three teams do you think might be able to push and challenge for a top four spot? Because Western Pride certainly started the year slowly, but since they've made a couple of additions and they've got going, they look like they're going to be highly competitive once again out there in the West. I think yeah, Western Pride. I think of, of those three, I think they're they're the ones I'm 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 picking. I think Caboolture, again, they're, they're a bit enigmatic at the moment. I think they, they'll put in a, a a big performance in, but then they'll they'll drop their bundle. I think until they can find that consistency. And I think we we saw that last season in FQPL two where they were red hot for a big period, and then they start to drop off. And, and probably even though they had the league one. I think that there's a bit of a slide you know, at, the, at the end of the season where I think that's probably where they need to, you know, where life in FQPL 1 is going to be different because there are sides up there that are probably going to, you know, match it and and, and actually and probably are a better squad than them. So they, they really need to find their, their mojo. Again, Magpies Crusaders, again, you don't know which which what you're going to get. Uh, Ipswich, big win over Ipswich, but I think we, we know that Ipswich are going to be struggling to uh, stay stay in it as far as uh, FQPL won this season. They've got off to a slow start, noted about that. But I think which, to your point about Caboolture specifically, they've come up from FQPL too, and it seems like they've found a, found a, a home pretty much in the middle of FQPL 1, don't they? It doesn't look like this is the year for promotion, but it could be a, a stepping stone year, isn't it, where they solidify their spot in FQPL and really go for go for the promotion next year. Yeah, I think I think uh, losing Cameron Cristani 
who I, I believe is going very well in Norway at the moment uh, for for the uh, for his second division club over there. I think losing him was a, was a big loss. I think that obviously in especially in games like this, I think he would have the experience, you know, to, to calm the situation, you know, to sort of you know really sort of be there and be that you know defensive rock almost, especially in that defensive midfield role. I think that's where they're missing that composure. So I think until they sort of replace him. It'd be it one player, two players, or or whatever. Uh, I think yeah, I think that this is where their hopes for promotion to MPL may may have come unstuck this season. Certainly, uh, they they seem to be an ambitious club, so I wouldn't uh, keep them down for too long. Absolutely, we'll move on up to some midweek action, which we hope is going to go ahead from both the Australia Cup and the Kappa Cup. A couple of games were played last week. Adam Lyons got a nice win over the Thunder, but. It looks like there's a lot of cup ties to be played this week, isn't there? Yeah, uh, some, some huge ties. Uh, no, none bigger than Power and uh, Gold Coast Knights. That's that's obviously the, the flagship tie of round five. And to see uh, one of one, one of these clubs are going to go away on Tuesday night, very very disappointed because uh, both clubs you could easily see and have got good records in the national round of thirty-two. Uh, one of them ain't ain't getting there this year. That is absolutely correct. No doubt about that. We'll go through the results because the Lions had a win over the South Queensland Thunder. Morton Bay had a win away from home against Caboolture. Broadbeach with a with a win over Western Pride and South Sunshine Coast Fire with the win over Redlands. And they're, they're the four games which were played last week. The other eight remaining games, including the one you mentioned, we played midweek. Is there one standout result there for you, Adam? Uh, FQPL three South Coast. Uh, Broadbeach United, who we thought were uh, a decent team, uh, I think I think they they would easily fit into uh, at least FQPL two, uh, and I'd I'd expect them. I don't keep an eye on the ladders down there, so if someone would like to remind me, that would be that would be fantastic. But I think we'd see them certainly in FQPL two. I think they would be very very competitive against that. Um, yeah, that 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 win over Western Pride on penalties. Uh, I think that was uh, that. That's a big shock. Redlands, Sunshine Coast, Fire. They're both in the same division. They're both, even though Redlands are going very, very well at the moment in the league compared to Fire. Again, in those interleague um, matchups, it cups. Sometimes results like this happen. Uh, Sunshine Coast, Fire win on penalties. That's that's look. It's not a huge shock, but I thought Redlands might be a little disappointed that the way their season they're, they're going at the moment, they would thought that they would be, you know, really sort of, you know, be competitive. Brisbane football review at gmail.com. I'll get in contact with our socials. If you would like to update mm. Adam on all the latest news happening down there in FQPL three on the South coast for anyone listening, but I think you're right. I mean, I think the broad beach just win over the Western pride is a really good. I will go for Sunshine coast result away to go to Redlands United. It was a, a midweek trip for them, which is a long one down from Kiwana to to Redlands. We know it's a long way for us to get out to Redlands, let alone for a team from Kiwana to get there. Turned to get a result against probably, or not probably, the informed team in FQPL1, a team which has gone really well to start the year. That's a, a really good result for them. And maybe the fire could make another one. I think they made it all the way to round seven before getting beaten by Gold Coast Knights a couple of years ago. So maybe yeah. we might see a team from the Sunshine Coast pushing for a for a national round of 32 spot for the first time. Well, it, at the end of the day, it comes down to the luck of the draw. That uh, even though you're going to have the usual suspects, you know, lines, lines are back there. You expect that, you know, Olympic and one of power or Knights are going to be in the round six draw. If they can look, if they can draw, if they can draw, say Broadbeach, 
Uh, and then that's no disrespect to them. You know, I just sort of sing their praises. Uh, but that, that would be sort of a tie where they would certainly get to round seven. And look, who knows? You, you just never you just never know. This is like we keep on saying hashtag magic of the cup. This is why. Absolutely. I'm sure both those teams would be thrilled with an away trip to Broadbeach or Kiwana, respectively. We'll have to see. Are they, done? they haven't done the draw for round six and seven yet, have they? No. That's to be done after. They did the draw for rounds four and five. Yeah, I, I would expect that. Uh, look, as early as this, probably this Thursday or Friday, I think we might see round six because time is starting to run out. Uh, we, we've, we've heard that the, the draw for the uh, National Round 32 will be on the 22nd of June, so which doesn't leave much time for the completion of round five, round six, and round seven to be played. So I think uh, there's going to be plenty of cup football over the next month. Including, it certainly there's a lot of fixtures to be played, including some catch-up NPL and FQPL great matches. I think also for teams not involved in the Australia Cup this week, this midweek, I think there's also some league games. Also, mm. have to keep an eye on those. But Adam, we won't go through any of that now because not hundreds sure of what they are. We'll move on to our, the way we always conclude this show with our performer league. And I'm going to get in first week. And I'm going to go with the returning man for Peninsula Power, Sam Cronin. The goal and two assists for a player who I affectionately refer to as the glass man up there. But and that's purely because the fact is, unfortunately, always out with injury. He's a terrific player to watch. It's great to see him back out there. He's uh, my performer of the week. Uh, just, I just want to get a quick uh, question. Does it have to be a player? It can be anything you want. Because uh, my performer of the week is going to be Morton Bay uh, uh, Sport, Central Sports Complex Field 1. Three games in this conditions. Uh, look, to, to get all those three games, given the weather, I think that's a, a spectacular effort for the ground. And, and probably, I guess, more being the field itself, I think uh, congratulations to the staff up there for, for getting that on. At least we've got three games of football on. Uh, and obviously, as well, it is probably one of the... Uh, Best grounds as far as, you know, drainage goes. I'm not surprised it comes with a $12 million price tag, that facility. So you you would hope that, you know, that they would have a decent drainage system. And it looks like it came through the four this weekend. Thank you, Mr. Mayor, for that. But no, you're right. It did a, it did a great job to hold up to three three games back-to-back in the rain. There's no doubt about that. So it did a really good job. Yeah, it, it, uh, it did. It, and it rained pretty much throughout as well. So there was probably no respite. For the ground, it might, might look a little tatty uh, this morning, but uh, look, it got again. We got three more games, and probably we we could have or should have got got, uh, and that's a uh, credit to the ground and the uh, people behind that. Absolutely no doubt about that. That'll, that'll do for the shortened edition of the MPL show here on the Brisbane Football Review. Adam, thanks for joining me. Yep, thanks, Scott. We will hopefully be back next week with a full round of MPL men's and women's, as well as Australia Cup and Kappa Cup action. We'll have to wait and see, but thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you again next time.